Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Um, this one is a special episode. I'm, I'm releasing it in the middle of the week um, as kind of a bonus one uh, because I'm sitting down with my buddy Thad who ran his first marathon and quite frankly, I'm just a huge fan of Thad as a, a human being <laughs> and I wanted to hear uh, about all of the ups and downs and about the time a Jurassic Park Jeep fell on his foot in the middle of running a marathon. Um, so Thad recently, uh, over the last couple months, has started his own podcast. It's called Walk It Off, You're Probably Fine, which I also think could be the mantra um, for a lot of endurance sports and ultra, ultra running in general, or, uh, specifically, um, because I love that dude, just walk it off. You're probably fine, you know? And for, for me and Thad, we're both parents of young kids. There's always that moment where a kid, you know, like slips and falls on their, on their butt on the ground. And then they look at you for your reaction and they're like oh my god like did that hurt or not let me look at mom or dad to see if i'm okay and so as a parent you have to do the whole like i don't know you're probably okay you have to presume the positive you know you have to be like yeah you're you're good you're good or you know with a smile like oh haha you fell and then they uh most of the times are like okay that didn't hurt as bad uh as i thought it did and uh and i think walk it off you're probably fine it's probably a good good kind of uh saying for that and if you listen to thad's podcast he does one with his mom and she's kind of the originator of that uh in his life so that's kind of where the title of that came from um i'm really enjoying his show so you guys should check that out uh this one is kind of we recorded it for thad's podcast uh but i also thought i'd put it up here because it's just a great story of a dude finishing his first marathon and it's as painful as you would think it would be and you know getting those 26.2 or in thad's case 26.3 uh getting that in um is is a huge part in a lot of runners journeys and uh you know i'm just i'm just glad thad had the guts to take it on and maybe the stupidity to take it on to be honest uh it's it's always like you know by by the time you get to mile 22 or or whatever you're like whose idea was this and then you slowly remember like oh yeah it was my idea dummy why'd i do this <laughs> uh and i think he might have had a, a similar experience there um but yeah and i think you know i'm releasing this uh also because i just think it's important right now for us to go out and and look for these adventures whatever they may be they don't have to be running a marathon in your neighborhood um but something that's going to make you passionate and excited to wake up and and you know get to your day you know give you something to look forward to uh throughout your week and and something that'll make you feel accomplished uh so all that being said i hope you guys are doing doing well out there i hope you are you know having fun with your families and and being positive and staying positive and um and just doing your best uh, I guess it would also be apt to uh, say this right now because I've had a few people reach out and say, hey, what happened with your Boonville Backroads Ultra Race um, is supposed to be May 23rd. Um, you know, just like most things right now, that has been pushed back and rescheduled in September. Thad is one of the guys who was training for his very first 50K, 
with that race. And, um, you know, as soon as we kind of had the feeling or the realization like, hey, this isn't happening in May, um, a lot of the intensive training we were doing had definitely fallen by the wayside. Um, but you know, that's how it is. You got to be adaptable. You got to be resilient. I feel like that's, I always preach that. And I feel like that's something that ultra running teaches you. Um, and so right now we're just kind of walking the walk and I'm excited, you know, hopefully that race happens in September and, and that'll be awesome. But until then we're just, we're just going to keep doing our best and Thad's best includes running his very first marathon. So let's get into it. This is Like a Bigfoot podcast number 197 with Thad Burkamper. I like your shirt. Thanks, buddy. In a world of Grinches, be a, and then I can't see anymore, be a Grinch? Be another Grinch? Oh, be a man. No, be a Sam. Oh, be a Max. Max. Wait, is it Max or Sack? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Max. Yeah. Max. Sam is uh, the green eggs and ham guy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Good call. You can be that guy too. He seemed like a good dude. <laughs> he was all right by me. He was all right. He tried green <laughs> eggs and hams and he liked them. You know? uh, no, wait. Sam I am was the grump. Wait, no, what? Sam I am is the one that's trying to get him to eat green eggs and ham. Who's the grump then? The grump doesn't have a name. Just I'll, We named him, dude. The grump. The grump. I will not eat them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he's saying that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Glad we settled that one. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, what about the Lorax, man? It's Earth Day. We've already watched the Lorax once. Well, we're going fishing. I don't think that's helpful to the Earth, but we're going mm-hmm. to explore the Earth today. Barbalute suits. I don't know what that means. You don't remember the Lorax? I know the Lorax. I don't know what Barbalute suits is. Well, you're not a science teacher who that's true. shows the Lorax sometimes. That's a good. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> that's what they say i don't know i swear in elementary school it's earth day and the teacher's like i don't know what to do just do the lorax (laughs) right right. this is our one piece of media we can show today that makes sense i looked at harper's lesson today and i was like oh man that's cool there's a bunch of different stuff to choose from and then there was one video she chose and it was the lorax i'm like of course it was yeah right that's funny (laughs) even though it's good it's good stuff all right do you want me to start for real yeah, absolutely. Bring okay. us in. All right. All right, guys. Welcome to the Walk It Off, your probably fine podcast. I am not your host. Uh, I am your guest today. Um, and we are going to sit down and we are going to dig deep into Thad Burkamper's brain to find out what it was like to run his first marathon. Actually, check that. Ultra marathon, 26.3 <laughs> miles. Kid, yes. 26.3, it counts. I'm counting it. So many people are just like cringing right yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, like, I know, Whoa. I know. Counting it, dude. Um, if I it's do... your first time ever running like above 20 some miles and then you do a little bit more, count it. I'll, I'll take all of the stickers I can get. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do the intro for yours now. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome, folks. This is Thad Burkamper for the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I've got Chris Ward on the line with me. He's going to be interviewing me, which is no change to you, except for the fact that I'm introducing the podcast, uh-huh. and we're talking about my first marathon. <laughs> Perfect. Ready, Perfect. go. Okay, so Trace, everybody's back. Um, you are training for a 50K, 
and you felt a bit of guilt having not actually done any sort of training for like five weeks. And then you're just like, you know what? I think on Saturday I'll go run a marathon. And then you went out and ran a marathon. That's accurate. Um, So when the whole, I had been shy on the running game for about a week before the lockdown stuff happened. And then the lockdown stuff happened and I just didn't do any of it. So it had been like five or six weeks that I had been nothing. And then you, you sent me the, the YouTube thing of the guy that ran a little over a mile every hour for 24 hours. And I thought I can do that. That's a really smart way to do it. Except I don't want to wake up at like two o'clock in the morning after, you know, a 20 mile day wake up at two o'clock in the morning and get some sort of uh, like feel. I, I just know for a fact that when the two o'clock bell rang and it was time to get up and do a mile, I would have no uh, get up and go in me and it'd be an ugly mile. So I decided to chop it up into four mile runs and uh, I would, I started at six, ran my four miles, which actually ended up being five. And then when the goal was after each one of my runs, when I got home, I would give myself an hour of downtime and then go out and do another run. So my my clock started when I hit the house, when I got back from my run, I'd have an hour and then I'd go do another run was basically the breakdown. Yeah, because that because that way I can do the whole thing in the daylight. And yes, it pretty well burns an entire day like the time I was home, I wasn't very useful at home and I was just kind of mentally thinking about the next one. So it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of real downtime, uh, mentally for me, but there was a little bit of downtime physically to just get ready for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man. And you know, I talked to Lindsay about that format and the guy's name is Bo miles. He has an, like, he has some super cool, videos out there and some really honestly like i've watched a whole bunch over the last few weeks um he has some really creative like local challenges that he does so i just implore you guys it's called the video we're talking about which kind of hit big and especially now that everyone is kind of stuck around their local area um the one we're talking about is called a mile an hour and basically he runs a mile, like you just said. And in between though, he's like checking things off a to-do list that he's been meaning to do at his house. And I thought of you because it's showing him like build a table and some uh, kayak paddles right. out of some leftover wood. And I was like, oh, Thad's super handy and creative with building stuff. Like this would be maybe a cool challenge for him. Um, but you're right, dude, like the whole, it does take up an entire day. And I think if you end up going into the night as well, it's going to take up the next day, too, because you're going to have to sleep and recover. And yeah, for dads, yeah. dads like us, uh, like that just takes you out for for a weekend, basically. And we have kids. We have little kids, man. Like you have no time to be taken out for a weekend. Right. Yeah. And my my littlest one has a habit of if he runs into a room and there is an ass facing him, he will smack it as hard as he can. And uh he's gonna be a great sports player that's right (laughs) but he he did that to me late in the day on saturday and i almost went down like i had to tell him you today you can't do it today man i just i can't handle that today and he felt legitimately bad he could tell i was in pain 
I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't great as far as the family's concerned. It was good for me, uh, like goal setting wise, it was good for me to see physically where I could, what I could push myself through, but I would never, ever do it again. <laughs> well, I know that your response was basically like, I wouldn't take breaks next time. Like I would just go and do it in one shot. Or at least I wouldn't take a break. At, I would go at the beginning to see how far I could go. And then if I needed to take a break, then I'll come back later. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, dude, running a marathon is freaking hard no matter which way you cut it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I think the downtime is what killed me. Because I stayed, like, moderately active and and to some degree on my feet. Uh, in between my runs so that I didn't get super cold but you're going from and I'm I'm never running I I'm I'm like it's a pleasant jog sort of like I I was averaging a I don't know a 10 or 11 minute mile or something like that um at, at the beginning but yeah it it was the downtime I think that killed me going from a run stance and a run a uh, series of motion to kind of this almost nothing, just a little bit of something, and then trying to get back into that. It gave the right muscles the time to Lock retreat. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And and it it was it was not not a pretty situation. Well, it's funny, man, because I honestly think if you could do that, then it's. I mean, obviously, running a 50k continuous is going to be a different challenge. Right. But I always tell people like, don't stop at the aid station. Like, don't and whatever you do, don't sit down. I mean, <laughs> yeah, stop, right. fill up water, get some food, but like, don't hang out and don't sit down. And basically, yeah. you just did something on purpose where you were stopping and sitting down and and all that stuff. You know, like like taking yeah. a break in between the the like endurance event, which is. It's actually kind of cool, though. I think it's a different challenge, honestly, like completely different, different thing. It, it was. Yeah, it was super. Rough. My first two runs were were pretty OK. Um, I felt fine. And then so I did a run at six o'clock at eight o'clock. And then my next run wasn't till like eleven thirty or something or close to twelve. So that big chunk of downtime hurt. Because the next run was only three miles. My third run was only three miles, and that was difficult. And no, six, eight, ten, six, eight, ten, and then almost one o'clock. Um, so the one o'clock one was three miler, and that one was where I really started to feel not awesome. And it it was it. If I had to do it right now, if you said go run, and I'd cry first, but I'd do it. Um, I would I would flat out do as much as I possibly could without even killing the jog. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I get into those situations where it's a just don't walk. My JDW is just don't walk. Um, and I wasn't even there on those first three runs. Like I was I was comfortably rolling and it was definitely the downtime. It was definitely the slowing down. It was the getting out of pace. It was the heart going to a different place and my lungs going to a different place and my head going to a different place. All of that made runs four and five like real, real bad. Physically, mentally, everything. As your friend, I didn't want it to be painful for you. As 
someone who's more interested in you suffering and feeling terrible, I was satisfied. <laughs> but I did want more videos at the end. I wanted more videos to just I wanted you to be I wanted you to open up your video, like your phone, start recording a video, and then just start crying. And I, then <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't really want that. Well, there was a point in the last run where I could have done that. If I had <laughs> if I had not totally shut off that part of my brain because yeah. I did deliberately shut off that part of my brain. I couldn't hear no from myself. And that part of my brain is, is where the no's are. And, um, I had shut that off. If I hadn't shut that off and been like an open evolved human at that moment, I would have definitely broken down and called somebody for a ride and stuff. But I just got into like, uh, it wasn't survival mode. I wasn't running from anything, but it was just, it was just keep moving mode. It was just like, you know what you have to do. This is the last one, that kind of thing. But I knew, I knew that you were enjoying all of the pain. I knew it. I knew you were like, like, like happy dancing in the living room every time I posted one of those things because uh -huh. of the pain. I know. And so not to like paint myself the picture like as a sadist or sadist. Is that a word? Sadistical? I don't, a, sure? I don't know, man. Or uh, here's a big word for you. Ready for this? Yeah. Crap, I forgot it. I blanked on it. <laughs> Pneumono, ultramicroscopic That's it, oh. yeah. And that one. But not to paint myself as the, in that. Here's why I was enjoying it is because you start building up that muscle that resists quitting. That muscle, that resilience muscle, yeah. that grit muscle in those moments. And you yeah. talked about like you just had to shut it out of your mind. And what that looks like for you is different than what that looks like for me is different than what that looks like for, you know, like the greatest ultra runner in the world or the greatest uh, cyclist in the world or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like it yeah. looks different for us, but our brains are attempting to get to that same no quit mentality. Um, and for me, it's like when the goal is lofty enough and when I when I know I have to get this done. Yeah. And for you waking up that Saturday being like, I'm doing a marathon. Like, it's probably not going to be pretty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah I'm yeah. doing it. I'm getting it done. If that goal is big enough and you get those little thoughts, I always think of them as like little worms, like creeping in. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if it's a big enough goal, those little worms or whatever, those like doubts, self-doubts or the things that are like, you'd be more comfortable sitting on your couch right now. Right. That stuff goes away. Like the goal just pushes that stuff right out of your mind. And like, I mean, I've had I've had moments where I've went out and this is all in training, like training runs, because if it's an actual event that I'm training for. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to, you know, but during training runs, it's hard to get super pumped up Yeah. at four in the morning to go out. And if it's like t 15 degrees or 20 degrees, that's difficult, man. Like some of my hardest runs, honestly, are like the six mile runs out my front door, you know, super right. early in the morning because I'm yeah. like not excited about those. You know, the goal's not big enough. And I've had moments for sure where I've, you know, woke up with a the plan of going out and getting it done and then looking at how cold it is and then going over and be like nope yeah snooze yeah. but yeah. but once the goal once you have that and whether that's for you like training for a 50k or 
doing like being like, I want to run a marathon to prove it to myself. Like if it's that goal, then really nothing outside of like an injury or something like absolutely crazy is going to stop you from getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I, I've been in the situation like you're talking about where I will wake up at five 30, go downstairs I'm in my running clothes, make coffee, and then watch Netflix for an hour and a half until somebody else wakes up. <laughs> and then Rachel will be like, hey, did you go run? Because I'm wearing running clothes. Do you close the door and you're like, whoo, whoo, man, whoo. <laughs> that was tiring. Yeah. Well, that was, a, that was a good 14 miles that I just did. She's uh, like, why are you 45 minutes into uh, an episode of The Office? Yeah, and right. Like, oh, exactly. Oh. Yeah, and those morning ones are are particularly difficult for me because I I like to sleep in a cold room and be all cuddled and cozy. And the yeah. second you get out of that, oh yeah. man, like you better either either have a plan or not because, yeah. And I, I've I've gotten out of I'm the discipline for me is not there to force myself out the front door. Yeah. Well, and, and like I think a couple weekends ago, here's my thing through all this, and I. Let like we'll come back to your run for sure, but it's it's been difficult because there's no giant goal on the horizon because right. our race got postponed. Um, yep. There's really nothing to sign up for. There's a if you're like a runner, there's obviously like a handful of I don't even know what they're called like digital races where yeah. basically you just sign up for a race and you're like I'm gonna run 10k and then you go run 10k by yourself. And then somehow you like enter your time or something, but yeah, it's right. not the same, man. It's just not the same. And so like trying to find something to get excited for is, has been interesting. And, you know, I think getting creative, like with what you did, you know, is, is kind of probably at least for the next few months, probably like what we're going to have to do. I know for me, I tried, I've for the longest time I wanted to run every trail on this one mountain area, open space by my house. Yeah. And that goal has been on the docket forever. And I was going to do it to train for our race in May. Um, and then finally, like in the middle of the week, I was like, I got to do this because it's something I'm excited for. Like it'll yeah, be right. Up. Um, and of course I woke up and it was snowing like sideways, right? Yeah. super windy and snowy. And I, I literally said to Lindsay, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this today. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> and, I, and I laid my head down on the pillow and just the voice in my head that was like, you're not going back to sleep. You're yeah. awake. And since you're awake, you might as well go out and do it. And I was like, uh, but yeah. as soon as I got up and like went downstairs, it was fine. So right. That's the highest. That that voice turns on for me when I'm in the run. Yeah. If I don't have a real good plan, generally my plan is get as far away from home as possible. My pride and ego is too big for me to call for a ride. So if I can if I can run straight out four miles away from home, then yeah. I've got four more miles that I have to do. Right. And during that run, if I'm going down such and such street and I could go straight and it's flat or I could go to the right and it's a huge hill, that voice shows up in those moments very loud. And I always listen to it and it'll say, go right, like force that horrible thing that, that you're trying to avoid, force it. And then I just do like with that. I, I really don't argue in, you know, I don't have this mental argument about what well, I'd really like to go straight. I just hear it once 
and I take the freaking right and it's no big yeah. deal. The problem is like so many things just showing up. Yeah. One, well, like I said, I think it's being excited. And I think right now what we're all trying to understand and, and deal with in our own lives, not just in running, is just how can you creatively come up with things that are going to get you excited, get you pumped yeah. up? Right. And, you know, in workouts, it might actually be a little bit easier in workouts because you're like, OK, I can maybe think of some creative things or run down a different area of town I've never been in. You know, um, like for me, I'm doing a lot more road running, leaving my house mm -hmm. and just exploring. Yeah. But it's also like when you're around your house, like what are you doing to get excited every day? Because we're trapped right now in this seemingly like Groundhog Day where yeah. the yes. weekend comes around and you're just like, OK, like this kind of feels very similar to yesterday. Yeah, I it was last week sometime, but I cracked open a margarita at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And and it was like Wednesday or something. And Rachel goes, it's Wednesday. And I said, nope, every day is the weekend right now. <laughs> We're just going to do. And and you, like, yeah, it, it this this monotony of of there's no work like there's uh, well, for me personally, and I know teachers and stuff are out, too. Um, you're not getting up to go to work. So you're just getting up and then creating a brand new day of schedules for the kids things that you want to get done, like how do I keep myself from going insane? And then it just happens again tomorrow and you just lose yourself. When I do my updates, it it blows my mind that I look at the calendar thing and it's been 37 days or some crap like that that I've been out of work. Yeah. And it's yeah. freaking insane. I mean, yeah. And so amidst that sludge, then we have to find motivation and we have to do this, you know, which is ultimately the best thing we could possibly do is force ourselves into a motivated or uh, even just hoping for something like that's the best thing that we could ever do because we're in this sludge. But it's that much harder because of the situation. Like it's, it, it's just freaking insane. It is, dude. And it's weird because like there's nothing there's no external like fun to be had you know like i mean and by that i mean there's no like outside the ordinary like you can't be like oh man if once i get to friday like we're going to a movie or yeah, we're going right. to go to a concert or even go to like our buddy's house like yeah. there's none of that and so it's kind of this interesting like way to explore what are you what internally gets you excited like what are things you're going to create in your own, either your own household or your own mind or your own neighborhood that's going to like really get you pumped up? And and so that's been really weird and interesting to me. And there are days where, you know, I definitely f find myself interested in in like designing something that's going to be outside the norm for me but right. around the house. And then there are other days where I've definitely been in a funk when I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm doing the same thing again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it gets really difficult to a distinguish which days have been good and which days have been bad and which days have just been survival. Like, yeah, it just, it, it's difficult and you wouldn't think stay home to save the universe would be difficult, but it's really freaking difficult. Yeah. It's actually making me more, kind of captivated by 
even like I just think like I've been reading the, these books about these people who like row across the ocean or like mm-hmm. pedal a boat across the ocean. Right. And it's just the same thing, but in like a 20 foot area. Yeah. For like 50 to 90 days. And it's just mind blowing. I'm like, whoa, that is that is crazy. What kind of weird zen state are you in and then i'm like man you're being a real wimp right now like you have a whole house and you can go outside and like wander around and stuff like you don't have it like bad compared to and not that those people had it bad because they were obviously trying to do something but it's just like you're in you have more freedom than they than they do and they were obviously able to handle it and so it's kind of like one of those like toughen up moments like you got this right yeah but i think like to bring back to your run like those challenges are so unique and really cool. And I bet you were pumped up to wake up Saturday morning and and start that. Yeah, I was. I I generally snooze about any more 52 to 58 alarms and then uh, move on with my day. So that's, you know, four hours later than I wanted to wake up. Uh, <laughs> But Saturday, yeah, Saturday was easy. I woke up at six, no problem, rolled out of bed. I had my clothes uh, next to the door, put those on, went downstairs. I was hoping the dogs didn't hear me and that they just stay sleeping. They didn't, so they went down with me. I let them out, and then I just started running, and I figured the dogs would be fine outside for an hour. Came back, you know, and, and, and yeah, I was I was feeling good. My lungs were there. My heart was there. My body was there. My brain was there. Like, all of it was fantastic. First five miles, no problem. And I have, I actually wrote down notes in between each mile or in, the, in between each run. I, it was 5.02 miles. I started at 6.09, stopped at 7.07. Um, and my note was feeling good. Uh, don't wear glasses. So midway through that, midway through that run, my glasses fogged up on me and I had to put them on my shirt. So that was a note to myself, don't wear glasses. And then when I got home, I had a peanut butter roll up and a cup of coffee and, and I was golden. Like I was in, I was in a great mood. I was feeling great physically and I was ready to roll. And that was the beginning. And then the second, the second thing happened or the second run happened. Second run. Um, so I'm trying to remember what my, where my first run went. Did you do the same like areas the same no laps? no i i couldn't do that mentally um what i i'm i really can't remember where that first run took me but the second one um was another five mile oh yeah second second run run i ran from my house to weed park and then weed park has the trail that goes down by the riverfront but the trail was flooded at exactly 2.51 miles so which is perfect because i wanted to get at least four miles in i got two and a half miles out i'll do the same road back um the note notes i have 5.05 miles started at 810 ended at 904 coffee peach cup um feeling good still got feeling good down and wind sucks oh yeah so the wind had opened up at that point and i was like all the way down I was just telling myself, this will be in your favor on the way back. Like, just keep moving forward. This is this sucks now. I felt good physically, but mentally that was a pain in the ass. But I just kept 
reminding myself of the payoff of this wind is going to help you when you turn around. Did so, it? yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was I was sailing on the way home. It was it was absolutely fine. And all I've, these times, I've gone a couple times where like I think that, and then I turn, and the wind is still in my face. I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. How is this possible? <laughs> my my last run, I was specifically trying to get away from that because I knew where I was. The wind had no choice of direction, and I, I would be fighting it no matter what I did. So I I altered my last run because of the wind and went suburban instead of kind of the outskirts of town to get some houses to break wind for me and stuff. Can I share a really embarrassing story I've never shared? Yeah. And I'll try to keep it PG. Oh, you're good. Okay. So I was in Des Moines and it was, I don't even know when it was, but it was super cold out. But I, I always had this thing where I'm like, if it's above 20 degrees, I can run outside, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I look on the weather and I'm like getting ready for my run. And I'm like, all right. I look on the weather. It's like 21 degrees. I'm like, uh, all right. I guess I can do it. That's funny. I didn't notice that with wind chill, it was like negative one degrees. So it was like ridiculously oh. windy. So I put on these running pants that were long, like long pants, like long underwear, I guess, or whatever. And I thought they were going to be warm. And I thought they were going to keep the cold air out. If you're following my drift so far. Yes, yes, I do. So I start running and the wind's in my face the whole time. I'm like, oh my God, dude. And I'm like getting to the Iowa Capitol is kind of like where I'd turn. Yeah. I'm like, all right, dude, just get to the Iowa Capitol. You got this, man. You like, you're going to turn and then the wind will be at your back. And I turned and it was even stronger. Nice. And I'm like, oh no, I made <laughs> like, I have really bad calculations here. Um, and so I start going back and it is miserable yeah, and the wind yeah. is blowing through those pants. Right. And I'm like, oh, my like my fingertips are starting to freeze mm -hmm. and my toes are starting to freeze. And then I'm like, oh, other areas of my body are starting <laughs> to freeze. And I was like, so oh, like your kneecaps, you mean? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got to get home fast so i start booking it right like sprinting all that's doing is like making the wind even stronger right, against these right. pants and i'm like things like if stuff freezes down there like <laughs> this is not good for anybody especially me and so i dude i'll never forget it i made it to uh gray's lake and it's like maybe two miles before i got home and i ran into a bathroom and i just start i just take paper towels and i just shove them down the front of my pants nice because work. i'm like i need insulation in yeah here. right right and so then i'd go that and then there's like a half mile to another bathroom and in that half mile i'm like this insulation is not working <laughs> and so i'm in the bath and i'm like pulling my pants out and i have the little air heater on to dry your hands yeah, yeah. and i'm just holding my pants my my running pants open just trying to just thaw stuff out <laughs> that was one of my most adventurous runs man it was just like a regular out the door eight miler uh, freezing <laughs> anyways oh that was good i like that was that pg yeah it was fine <laughs> the thing i wanted to say wasn't so i'm not saying it <laughs> um all right so you get back and like i'm assuming soreness is starting to creep in a bit at this point, you're 10 miles in. 
Yeah, I'm 10 miles in. I'm at this point. Uh, apparently, I'm still feeling good. Right, and right. and part part of that might just be the attitude. Um, the, I don't know specifically if this is a physical feeling good or a mental feeling good. You know what I mean? And part of it is I was stoked that like during I, I remember this the second run because during that five miles, I was talking to myself and doing the math on. OK, so in, in my next run, if I do like 10 miles uh then i'm you know and so that's where i was physically was yeah. oh yeah. maybe maybe next go around i just do 10 get this thing really chopped down quickly and i should have just done 10 then at least like i should have just i like like we've already said i should have gone balls to the wall to begin with but um yeah no i remember this run and i was actually feeling pretty good other than the wind annoying me which is fine i can yeah. mentally beat wind um yeah i remember I remember thinking to myself, oh, I'll do 10 and then I'll do six and that'll be the end of it. Like two more runs and I'm done. And that was, no, that was fine. I remember that. And then on your third, is that when Rachel went out with you or? No, no. Third Meanwhile, run, can I, can I ask this real quick? Yeah. You, how much have you actually like left the house over these last 30 some days? Um, other than fishing? Yeah uh virtually zero that's what because you have a like immune system kind of yes i don't have an immune system and um every two weeks i get a fake immune system and not yet yeah. infused into me which um for the rest of for the three years that i've had to deal with that has been fantastic like the medicine that they've got me on and my doctor even uh my last I do a checkup with him once a year and on my last checkup, he said, any infections, blah, blah, blah. Cause that's a big one. Um, any infections, any like cough or whatever. And I said, no, I've been good. He goes, did you get the flu this year? Nope. My whole family did, but I didn't blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, his interest is a great drug. Like he, he was really happy with how well it's doing. So my life other than having an octopus of, of, of stabbers in my stomach, because I get four little tiny needles in my stomach every two week, every two weeks. Um, and they they have tubes that go to this this gun thing that slowly pushes like a, a large vial worth of crap into me. Um, other than that being different, I am one. I don't know how many times better health wise. Yeah. But with this crap that's going on, nobody has an answer for how I would handle that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so better you know, safe than sorry. Yeah, like. absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm pretty finicky about that actually. Like, um, other than fishing and when we go fishing, I make sure that nobody is anywhere near. Yeah. Um, and I make sure that if somebody starts walking our direction, we go somewhere else. It just, you know, just, just because we, I have to be super safe. Yeah, man. Well, so is that in your mind at all? Like now you're heading out and you're going to run a marathon through town. Like, is that in your mind at all? Or are you just like, oh, I just I have to do the safe things that I know to do and I'll be fine. The, so the I have to do the safe things was was definitely going on. And anytime somebody was, you know, if I was catching up to somebody going the same direction, I would just go to the other side of the street. If somebody was coming towards me, it was actually kind of cool. I was coming down Mulberry on 
what must have been my third run. And I saw at three different moments, there were like four groups, probably half a mile ahead of me. And I saw at three different moments, one of them take a drastic change of route just so everybody is obeying this six foot thing. And when you go from the sidewalk to the street, you're you're more like 15, 20 feet away from each other on Mulberry, at least. Um, so that was kind of cool that there was like some solidarity and everybody understood, like, let's not be stupid. Let's let's kind of follow the rules, even though we all want to be out. So that wasn't difficult because either I would make the move or the other runners that, you know, saw me and maybe they were behind me or something, they would make the move to just stay away from each other. So it was on my mind, but it wasn't something that I had to dance around. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get you. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and so you go back out for the third run. What, what notes you got for that one? Um, when do you start cussing me out? Is that in your notes? I think it's run three. I think it's this one. All right. Um, 4.88 miles. I went out at 10.10. And for anybody doing the math, my last mile of each of these is pretty well. Um, I would do a Facebook Live thing. I would walk my way out of it because I get wicked bad hiccups if I go from a straight run to nothing. Like I get hiccups super bad and they last for like 45 minutes to an hour. It's just horrible. So I would walk my my last mile um, for all these. So the math on time versus how my miles were going doesn't really add up, but but that's why. Um, so 4.88 miles, went out at 10.10, got home at 11.16. So that's already quite a bit longer than my other two were. Uh, my total at that point is 14.95. I have in all caps pain and walking. Um, so the tail end of that run, I started to give myself like a block of walking, like, like a literal block, like from this street to that street, I'll allow myself to walk and then I've got to get jogging again. Um, and that, oh, okay. So this was the long break. This was after, after 4.88, I'm already in pain. And then I decide I'm going to give myself close to two hours off. Okay. which is just not a good choice. I didn't decide that because I decided that. I decided that because my beautiful bride wanted to run part of this with me. And she, through circumstances, either controllable or not, was not ready to go at the time that I wanted to go. <laughs> so, um, pain and walking, all caps. I apparently had a peanut butter roll-up, water, coffee, Reese's Pieces, pizza, and gummies. <laughs> Yeah, now the hunger's hitting, dude. I was like, earlier you said a peach cup. I'm like, what peach cup? Dude, you got to have some like pizza, man. Come on. Well, and I specifically remember. So I remember sitting down at the end of this run and I was in my um, workshop talking to Rachel about how the run went. And and I'm not proud of this, but it's true. And I'll tell you um, about a week and a half ago. Well, after Easter. They have those little Easter carrots that are just Reese's Pieces. You know, it's like a plastic bag carrot I thing. I got three right out here. They're amazing. Um, well, one of those had broken open the day of Easter all over my shop, my workshop table. And when I got home from this third run, I picked every single one of those pieces up with sawdust and just shoved them in my face. I didn't give two shits about the sawdust i wanted the reese's pieces real bad let me ask you this dad to dad yeah your kid just throws i mean your kids probably don't they're older now but like my one-year-old 
She just, like I've been thinking about doing a photo series of at the end of the night under her high chair because <laughs> it's like it's high concept art here. Right. Just everything we put on there just ends up on the floor. Yeah, right. And I'm gonna be honest, man. No shame. I'll just pick stuff up and start eating it. Oh, I'm like, no I'm not problem. wasting this peanut butter cracker. What are you talking <laughs> right. about? Yeah. I have no problem with any of that. This was next level because my uh, Rachel actually said she sees me doing this, and all she said was sawdust. And I, said, I don't care. I I just don't care. Like I I don't care. I mean, there could have been metal shavings in some of this stuff. For some of the work I do in the shop, there very well could have been metal shavings or like actual chunks of wood. And I just didn't care. I just wanted, wanted the Reese's pieces so badly. This is what I'm saying, man. You're secretly a trail runner at heart. You need to get out (laughs) on the trails. Like a road runner would hear that. And they're like, Oh, what? (laughs) Eating wood shavings. And a trail runner is like, yeah, dude, I ate like five spiders this morning while I'm running. Give me some of that. Reese's and sawdust trail mix here. We just call that trail mix, man. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So that that I I remember sitting down feeling pain and going through that whole thing. And that was the longer break that I didn't. So I got back at eleven sixteen. We didn't get going until twelve thirty, probably closer to one. Um, and. I remember having two pieces of pizza and thinking this is nowhere near enough food right now, but I'm going to regret this on my last run. You know, I'm not going to regret this right now on my 1230 run. I'm going to regret this, the run after that. So I stuck to two pieces of pizza with taco sauce and, uh, yeah. Was it Happy Joe's? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, okay. Do you do taco sauce on your Happy Joe's pepperoni? No, dude, you don't get Happy Joe's pepperoni. You only get Happy Joe's taco. No, I only get Happy Joe's pepperoni, and then I put the taco sauce on it. Gotcha. Okay. That's the way I do. <laughs> All right. So this is halfway through. I can feel it. And mentally, I know I'm fighting myself. Um, run four was with Rachel. We started off. We We walked probably half a mile, and then... She said, go do, you know, go do you. I just want to be out here. I want to get some miles in myself, which is great attitude. I'm glad that she kind of cut the cord and that I didn't have to necessarily be right with her the whole time. And I went run, I went running and about half a mile later, I had to walk and she caught up to me and she goes, um, just so you know, anybody that's on this trail and this was, we were down at the sand pits because they have a pretty sweet trail down there. Um, Anybody that's on this trail can tell you're in pain because, and she did this Tyrannosaurus Rex stance with her butt out and her little hands, you know, right, you know, elbows in and little hands out front. She goes, cause you're running like this. And I was like, oh, okay, great. She goes, so are you good? And I said, let's just get these three miles done. I'll walk with a, and, and I was intentionally trying to make my stride really big. So that I could hopefully stretch some of this stuff out with a little bit different movement, but stretch it out. And we walked almost that entire three and a half, 3.14 miles was completely walked. And it says, um, every step hurts, um, rice krispies and water, rice krispie treat and water. <laughs> nice. You're slow. Like, I like this story because you slowly devolve into one of us. <laughs> I love it. 
You know what I say, dude? You what did you say at the beginning? Like the not walking thing? What was your just don't walk. Just don't walk. I say what walk all the time. Really? Yeah, but just do it fast. <laughs> Here's the well, thing, like if you're out on a I mean not all trail runs are like this, but a lot of them like you'll get to points where it's so steep it's like pointless to even try to run it. You have to walk it. And in those moments, you're like, okay, like then it's a completely different set of muscles. Yeah. You like climb this hill and you feel good about walking. So I, I love walking during a race, which I know for people who are like really serious, super fast runners, like that might not be the thing uh, to do. But now even like, you know, on road runs and it's just funny, like the roads that are out there most of them are runnable because they're roads that cars drive on you know like they never get so steep that you can't run them right so i see what you're saying like in my mind too it's like if i can run it i do i am like oh my god you should run this part but there is a whole thing to be said about like being really good at walking just for a while well and so I'm with you on that. My just don't walk mindset is more based out of um, out of a physical response than it is circumstance. So I I have not I have not put myself on a trail or a road that I couldn't keep not walking yeah. on. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So, but in that situation, I could see that absolutely, and yeah, I, I could see that 100 because a hike is a different is a different uh, 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 what's the word you get a different sort of gratification out of the situation out of a hike than you would just doing a long run like a like a short hike is going to beat you up and circumstantially obviously walking is the thing so my just don't walk is not circumstantial it is it is you set out to do eight miles you know you've got eight miles you're mentally walking now there's no reason for you to walk yeah. Other than you made the decision to walk. I gotcha. Yeah, for sure. So that's when did that. when did you drop the thing on your foot? Uh, I didn't drop a thing on my foot. I ran over my foot with my own Jeep. Um, Same thing. <laughs> after, yeah, well, yeah, that's accurate. Um, after run two. All right, so you glossed over that, but I, I do my <laughs> research, my friend. Uh, so Thad has a Jurassic Park Jeep, which is true and is a real thing. It's <laughs> the Jeep from Jurassic Park. He made his, not not the green and yellow one. Well, that's that, an explorer, so the fact that you're saying Jeep negates that one, but go ahead. I Dude, I'm like the worst car person in the world. <laughs> uh, he's doing the red and kind of beige yeah. When that Dennis Nedry drives. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. Yes. Oh, I know my Jurassic Park, though. I'm not a car guy, but I know the shit out of Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, sh- so anyways, I just wanted to paint that picture because I, I want you to imagine someone running a marathon and then having a Jurassic Park Jeep run over their foot. So why did that happen? Uh, <laughs> so during my first one, I challenged people to get out and do something for 40 minutes that they wouldn't necessarily do. Um, just to, just to rattle some cages, right? Trying to get, trying to get people moving, not even moving. I said, have a Skype conversation with a family member that you haven't talked to in a while. Like it didn't matter. I just wanted people to do something they wouldn't do. Yeah. And, um, after run one, you had sent a picture about your run 
and as kind of a virtual solidarity thing, right? And you were just trying to get me going, which was great. And then after run two, um, I find out that Brady leaves for his run like five minutes after I got back. And so I thought, oh, I've got an hour. I'll jump in the Jeep. I'll go find Brady, get a picture of him running while I'm driving the Jeep. And just another thing I can post during this whole thing. And I got just past Brady's house, large bang from the Jeep, pull it over. The rear uh, drive shaft is hitting the ground. I go to push it into a parking lot and I run over my own right foot with my Jeep after 10 miles and with 16 miles to go. (laughs) I mean, that's that's always what we want. That's what we want, right? I mean, That's, that's the type two fun. Oh my God, dude. What, (laughs) like, were you like, oh my God, this is over. I just ran over my foot. No. So I was actually surprised. My Jeep is a lot lighter than I thought it was. And, and it had, it had such momentum that I noticed it about halfway, Mm. but at that, and and I instantly made the decision, just keep going. Like you can't stop it and, and back off. I just let it keep going. So it was like the, the littlest three or four toes that really got, got hurt. Yeah. And I didn't take my socks off all day on purpose. Like I had planned, maybe you're going to need a change of underwear at some point. Maybe you're going to need a change of socks. Might need to switch to your other shoes. I had all that planned and I left my socks on because I didn't want to know how that one toe that was bothering me really was. Yeah. And it was, it was like bruised and stuff and the toenail looks gnarly. But uh, I mean, it bothered me most of the day, but it wasn't enough to stop. Yeah. Gotcha. Life will find a way. That yeah, that's there it is. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so wait, are we on your last run now? Because eventually you just made the decision just to be like, I'm going for it. I'm done yeah. taking breaks. Yeah. Let's just finish this thing. So run four with my wife. Too much pain. Trying to trying to stretch. Doing all that stuff. I got done with that at 120, um, and then I had a Zoom meeting with family at two. What'd your family say? We didn't talk about that at all. Okay. We had a uh, cahoots is a trivia game you can play. Yep. And we just did an online cahoots trivia game with the family, which was sweet. I won three of the four um, quizzes and I got second place in the fourth, just in case anybody's curious. I we like did. that beauty because it's just showing like your mental dexterity. Well, the first one was on um, Finding Nemo. The second one was up. The third one was... Uh, <laughs> was another Pixar movie, and then the fourth one was Marvel and DC. So nice. I thought you're gonna be like the fourth one was uh, advanced physics and calculus, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no. So, but I was playing against like my cousin, like no, no, I was playing against my brothers and their families. So my nieces and nephews, and I was just <laughs> smashing them to bits. That's awesome, man. It reminds me of I saw something online once that was like, um, it was like chess boxing. So you play around a chess, and then you get up and you box around, and then you go back and play another round of chess. That's kind of cool. And it just keeps going, and I'm like, <laughs> man, that's what is going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that was two o'clock. That lasted till about uh, three. And then I didn't get back on the road until four. I was in such pain just walking around. Wow. Like in the house at that point that I decided I can, it, I knew if I have to walk this entire next eight miles, 
I will walk the entire next eight miles. And when I left at four o'clock, I told my wife, I'll see you at six. I gave myself 15 minutes a mile to walk it. And she said, all right. Oh, actually, she said, you're still going out? And I said, yeah, I've got eight miles to go. And it was like, she was annoyed because she could see how much pain I was in. Like, like good annoyed, right? Like, like careful annoyed. She could see how much pain I was in. She knew that tomorrow I'd be crap. And like, she just didn't want me to hurt myself. And rightfully so, because I probably could have on that last run if I wasn't super careful. Yeah. So 8.23 miles, left at four, got back at 5.55. So I was right there. Ended at 26.34 miles. Um, and this note, all pain is in all caps. Uh, must continue is just where my mind was, was just, just keep moving. I don't care if you walk now, just keep moving. Um, also, I had done a route, a four-mile route out, like I normally do, get as, get as far out as you can, and then you have to go back. I had initially started a four-mile route um, away, and then I was going to back up. But I was going down Hauser. I could feel the wind. I knew the wind would not be with me on the way back. So then I decided to go into town through Lucas or Newell or something, which means nothing to anybody listening, but you kind of understand it. Um, but in through heavily housed areas so that the wind was broken. And I got to a point, I, I was going to be coming past Jeremy Spratt's house on my way home. Jeremy Spratt's house to my house is a mile. And I know that, so I know I've got to be at seven miles when I hit Spratt's house. And I'm getting maybe a mile away from Spratt's house and I'm at four miles. And so now I decide, I, you know, straight ahead is Spratt's house. So I take a right-hand turn. I go down like eight blocks, go up one block, come back eight blocks, go up one block, go back eight blocks, go up one block, go back eight blocks until I've only moved closer to Spratt's house three blocks, but I just added a mile and a half or something yeah. to the whole thing, which was really mentally tough to keep, to keep not making any real progress just to yeah. add the miles I needed. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. it was, it was pretty horrible. And then I got, uh, says adjusted route, bad choice, which is that part. Um, only walking past, only walking past the three mile mark. So I made it three miles doing kind of a jog walk, jog walk. And then after three miles, I'm just walking. Um, afterward cannot walk. So I got home and my legs were concrete. I was stretching about every, every block and a half or so at this point, I would stop, find a telephone pole, stretch out my calves, you know, pull my leg up from behind me, get my quads as loose as I could and then continue on. And it, it, it was like my legs were made of concrete. They were only moving about five degrees. My hips were only allowing them to move five degrees. My knees were only moving about five degrees. And it, it was just the ugliest thing I think I've ever done in my life. So this was on no training, which is why I brought that up at the beginning. Yeah. Because I'm like, dude, if you can do this, like think of... 31 miles now like right, for your right. 50k which now yeah. is pushed back to september right um which is basically like the same amount of time away than when we first signed up for it yeah 
right? And there's still like this whole seed of doubt, at least in my mind, where I'm like, is it still going to happen? Like, I have no idea. Right. Um, but like after finishing that on no training, did it give you confidence or did it make you feel less confident? Um, no, it gave me a lot of confidence because I kept about a 10 minute mile for 15 miles. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if I'm, if I'm doing that, then I'm, I'm going to be in the neighborhood of five to six miles an hour. We've got to do 31. So that puts me at like six and a half hours if I can maintain that. Now I don't plan to maintain that, but if that's the fastest I'm moving, then I've got a two hour buffer of this time I had to walk and this time I had to slowly let myself down the trail and whatever, you know, all that crap. Um, I think, except for the fact that my right ass cheek, my right ankle, and my left knee still hurt, um, except for that, if I had to go run right now, I've probably got 15 to 18 miles in me with no problem. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty solid, pretty steady miles. Um, and I'm waiting for all this stuff to stop complaining at me to kind of get out and, and do something pretty large again. To, to just see what what is what does not stopping look like for me what is what does take it until I can't go anymore look like for me and not to the point where I'm where I'm concrete legs but to the point where I'm okay now's a really smart move to just walk to just cool it you put in a lot of good work you earned a walk and what does that mean wait how far out is that for me mentally physically all that stuff because I yeah. feel like it's probably a lot farther than I might have guessed Saturday morning yeah yeah that makes sense man i just think like it's gonna this was all there's a guy um out here and he wrote this really awesome book called the ultra mindset yeah and his name is travis macy he's like the, he's a super cool guy um but anyways he has a rule in his book and it's just called it's all good mental training and yeah. i'm kind of thinking no, that yeah, for I'm you like that. dude you just like by putting yourself through this experience you've now built some sort of knowledge base mm -hmm. um for when you do it again like i'm sure doing it again obviously like we've talked about like you wouldn't do it exactly the same way right and you've probably learned little tricks of the trade um as you go and i think like just the more times you do things like this uh the more confidence you're going to build but also just the more like knowledge that you'll gain you know because like people who have done these races can like you can listen to people give advice for hours and hours and hours, but really the best teacher is just your own experience. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's something really important about what you just said, because like, if you take in the group of guys that are training or at least were training for this, uh, ultra, um, our bodies are all telling us different things at three miles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And our and mentally we're all in different places at three miles and mentally we're all going to be in very different places at 10 miles and physically we're at different places in 10 miles. So just having an awareness and you when we started, you said, don't go out and run some stupid amount of miles and hurt yourself. Well, I and when you said that, I immediately went, I'm going to do that because that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my plan like a day before you said that, because. I know where my body is going to, uh, 
you know, barring some ridiculous like Achilles tear or something that nobody knows about until it happens, I know what my body's telling me and I know when I need to really cool it and I know when I can push and I know how hard I can push and that kind of stuff. And that was, this was my final, was finally my attempt at that was I'm just going to see how far I can go. And I set myself an enormous number and I hit it and I'm in love with the fact that I hit it. I would not do it the same way, but I know that I've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a proposal that we do something on May 23rd, like when we're supposed to run, you know, like the real stubborn side of me is like, I want to go out and get that distance done. But also I'm just like, I don't know. But then, uh, then there's another part of me that's like, I don't know, man, like just doing it by yourself. It's just a different ball game, you know? But I think it, if we all did something, maybe not the exact distance we were going to do on that day, um, because I know a lot of, like, as soon as we all got our stay-at-home orders, you know, like, tr- training might not be the most apart. important thing in our lives right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we should do something. And what that is, I have no idea. And I, I know for me personally, like, I want to do some really cool things around my neighborhood around my area um because i have this need for adventure and this need to go explore and yet i don't i you don't have the options to just drive three or four hours away and find some cool place you've never been right and so i've been trying to backlog my podcast as much as i can on the weekends just because everybody's home and you're guaranteed that somebody can give you an hour um, so I've talked to Rackers, I've talked to Sean, I've talked to Stefan. I'm so excited, dude, like for you to talk to my cousin is just like, to me, I don't know why I'm just like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I don't know if I was like, thinking it or if I said it out loud, but at least mentally I decided I was falling in love with him. Um, but I mean, we all do. <laughs> right. He's the best. And we did take five minutes to just rag on you, but. That's fine, dude. I, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> but I did. I do remember finishing Racker's conversation with, what are you going to do on the 23rd? And I, I'm i right with you that we all need to virtually do something, whether it's a run, whether it's a workout. I know I know Travis does the, does the Ironman or triathlon type workouts. I mean, whatever it is, I think every one of us should be out and sweating our asses off on the 23rd because – because we set out to do something. We're not allowed yeah. to do the thing we wanted to do. And even if it's just kind of a kickoff to training again, which I know it is for some, uh, we should do something on the 23rd as a group virtually just to maybe pump some a little bit of energy back into this thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Whatever you decide, I'm going for it. I have some ideas. Like if Sean and Travis can't leave and they have their uh, – you know, exercise bikes. Like I was going to challenge them yeah. to see how far they can go right. on those guys. But you know, like whatever works. Like I'm cool with with uh, doing something. But yeah, dude, I just need stuff to look forward to uh, for like a a little adventure. You know. Yeah, I think it's really easy to get. Um, Brady and I had this conversation on Saturday. It's really easy to have lost momentum about the race. But like Brady in particular, I know you have built a foundation of really good habits. So it's not difficult to keep the habit going. Yeah. And then the motivation will come back. Yeah. He's kicking complete butt right now, dude. I'm super proud yeah. of that guy. Right. So I, I think it's just a matter of when when I heard that it was back, not back on, but like 
tentatively scheduled for September. I was like, oh, sweet. That's Spartan season. That's this. That's like Rachel and I are looking forward to Spartan again this year. Like that's that's going to be our our like super busy beehive of just getting a bunch of really cool stuff knocked out. Yeah. And so I'm ready to roll. That's awesome, man. Can I tell you one more thing? Yeah. I was typing my name in on an email for work. This has nothing to do with anything, but I just I just thought this was funny. It happened right before we started talking. All right. I was typing my name in, and my phone auto-corrected Ward to McGriddle. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I was like, I've never typed McGriddle into my phone. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I think it's That's like funny. McDonald's new way of marketing. Yeah, right. That they sneak <laughs> yeah, into they, your they phone. Because I was like, you know, McGriddle, you know, oh, oh, might sound yeah. kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I see what you're saying, phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I was like, that was the weirdest thing. And I even wrote on my email to my coworkers, I'm like, this just autocorrected. I almost typed in, have a great week, McGriddle. That's funny. It was That's weird. That's really dude. funny. What, uh, so I will, I will add to that. I had to get a hold of, uh, rackers at several different times, um, getting planning for our, um, episode. And I had to rethink what I had saved him in my phone for, because I have so many nicknames for him. I don't even know the guy, like honestly know him, but I've got so many nicknames for him. Uh, one of them, he was in my phone for a little bit as Rackham Sackham Robots. Good and one. then, uh, another one was, uh, Rack Stack and Two Smoking Barrels. And, Oh, and then I finally found it and it just said rack. I was like, come on, that's the laziest one of all of them. And I had like go through the whole stupid thing. Yeah. Anyway. Rack and roll. Rack and roll. Yeah, it's all right. I think decent ones. Rack'em Sack'em Robots, my favorite. Oh, yeah. Rack'em Sack'em Robots is (laughs) I won't, dude, I got to go through my phone and change everyone's names to cool nicknames. Well, I'm in enough of these mass texts that and stupid pictures will show up every now and then from everybody that I've got the best contacts pictures for everybody in my phone just because of stupid like like three o'clock in the morning. Everybody starts sending their filter pictures of just the stupid glasses and whatnot that they can put on. So I've got all the best contact pictures because of these mass texts. Nice. I got one for you. Fat about you. With Paul Reiser. uh... (laughs) It's really long. It's really long. (laughs) All right, man. I got to let you go, brother. Congrats, though. Oh, real quick. You you mentioned feeling like you can still feel in your legs. The next day, how'd you feel? What'd you do? Um, Real quick. The next day was better than the night of, but just hardly. Like, I could walk, but going down the stairs, I was actually afraid, and I waited for everybody else to get down the stairs so I didn't crush my children should I collapse. <laughs> but I, it was it was fine. It wasn't as bad as the night of, but it was still pretty pretty ugly. And it was the John Wayne thing like you asked me about. It goes it was, away. Like, it yeah. goes away quicker than you'd imagine when you're in the pain. Yes. Um, but don't push it. Don't push it coming back too, you know, too fast. So. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, brother. This has been Like a Bigfoot podcast with me and Thad Burkamper. No, you're Thad. No, I know. You do the one like you're me now. Oh. Uh, walk it off, you're probably fine with Chris Ward. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do it right? Yeah, I think so. All right. See you, Thad Cow Disease. <laughs> <laughs> later, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right. See you, dude. Bye.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up this week's show. Uh, huge thanks to Thad. Like I said in the intro, check out his podcast, Walk It Off. You're probably fine. And go out there and seek your own uh, adventure, your own challenges. Um, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Either, <laughs> hopefully good. Hopefully good. <laughs> um, also, I have to say, man, we've had a lot of things on the show. Polar bears, uh, sharks, um, you know, crazy storms, running out of water, like all sorts of different obstacles. But I am proud to say now the Like a Bigfoot podcast has featured a Jurassic Park Jeep that's painted. Like I'll put it in the podcast cover. Check that out. His Jeep looks awesome. It's a project he's working on, but it's painted to look like the Jurassic Park Jeep. I've never had that like as an obstacle in a race. Like, hey, what do you think is going to derail your race or your run? Uh, you know, maybe it's going to storm. Maybe it's going to get like super cold. Maybe I just won't have enough food. Nope. Maybe a Jeep is going to run over my foot real quick and I still have to run because I'm like halfway, only halfway through it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for it. Uh, there's definitely just so many crazy stories out there. Um, so I, I thought that was good. Also, you know, like I said, I just I, I think there is growth to be had through pushing yourself through a hard time. And uh, and so I'm, that's why I'm excited that my friends are starting to step up and take these things on because they're going to learn a lot about themselves. Because I know for me personally, I've learned a lot about myself. I've been able to let things go. I've been able to uh, really dig deep into my own uh, psyche a little bit. So anyways, uh, yeah, later this week, we are going to have Pete Kustelnik on the show. Pete is the record holder for the fastest run across the United States. Uh, we don't talk about that run whatsoever this time because he didn't just run coast to coast. He ran from Alaska diagonally all the way to Key West, Florida. And that's kind of the big story we're going to get into. Uh, we also talk a bit about his across the years experience running a six-day race um, in which he really, he did dig deep, dude. I mean, he dug as deep, like he might have gotten to, uh, you know, when you dig all the way across the world and you get to the other side. That's that might have been how how much he dug deep in that race, which because it's bonkers and insane. Um, all right. Yeah. Come back for that, guys. Uh, that'll be I'll put that out Friday. Um, yeah, that wraps it up. All right. See you then.